Welcome to the Weekend Wire. Um, it's your playoff preview edition. On a weekend this time. Yes, on a weekend. So maybe that'll help. Um, we have Aro on Zoom as always. Um, pretty. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions for him as a Suns fan. Um, yeah. We that. Uh, but we're here mostly for discussing some of these playoff series and the teams that are in them. And today we had a great play-in game, the first ever play-in game that the NBA's ever had. Um, they can't, like, figure out what to call it either. Like, it's not, like, part of the playoffs. It's not part of the regular season. Yeah, like, there's, there's a lot of, uh, like, speculation about, like, the stats. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, if, like, if Dame had, like, 60 again, like, where is that going, you know? Right, right. Um, but apparently and they already like, decided the bubble MVP and everything too. So. Yeah. So the bubble MVP went to Dame, um, which is probably the right choice. Bucker's definitely second. Um, you did, Suns did get, uh, Monty Williams coach the bubble. Um, yeah. I was happy with that. Yeah. And Booker got first team or I guess yeah, the only team. Yeah. So. They, they kind of went position list for yeah. position list for the, the, like the first team at least was like all wings. I'm pretty sure. And then. Well, Except I mean, it was, it was all, like, guards, basically. Yeah, guards. Guards yeah. and, like, TJ and, like, TJ Warren. Yeah. 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 So, that was interesting. But then, this Blazers-Grizzlies game today um, started out kind of, like, it was kind of like a snoozer. Like, I was watching it, and the Grizzlies go down 16. It's, like, 30 to 14 at the end of the first, basically. And then they sort of come back in the second quarter, um, Valanchunas was like Valanchunas and Nurkic was like the story of the first half. Nurkic had fifteen, yeah, seventeen. They were just like posting up on each other, basically. That was like the all the offense. Like yeah. Morant got going later for the Grizzlies, but um, Morant had a huge second half. Yeah, Morant had a yeah. great second half. The third, some of the shot making, like I don't know, like Brandon Clark was just hitting threes. Both sides. Dylan Brooks and Dame were yeah. dueling, I think, in the first or second quarter, and that was entertaining. I, I hate Dylan Brooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shoots him out of the game or what? Kind of did. He also. Yeah. Like, I mean, he did. He, he did a couple times in the bubble. It's like. Yeah. Um, well, he does. Yeah, like that. What what game did they lose? Like the Jazz game, maybe. I don't know. Or the the the, One of those, the uh, previous uh, loss that they had to Portland in the bubble, he shot them out of, if I remember correctly. But um. The difference in this one was really uh, McCollum at the end, who's I tweeted uh, his back is hurting, and it's not because not just because it's fractured. Um, yeah, so he's carrying the Blazers. They were hunting Morant on switches to try the Blazers were to try to get him to guard CJ, and I think he had like two threes and a step back to all yeah. within the last three minutes. Basically, like, three, like all three were really tough shots. Really tough shots, especially the last two pointer of like. It was yeah. basically unguardable. Like, I don't, I don't know how – he just – he sized him up for, like, it seemed like 20 seconds and then yeah. just made his move. And um, that's – I mean, that's going to help him in the next round, and we can get on that later. But – and then Mellow's three at the end. The Blazers didn't go away. I mean, the, the Grizzlies didn't go away. Uh, Mellow's yeah. three at the end um, was really the dagger uh, from a corner. Um, I thought but, a little bit earlier when – I think the Grizzlies were down by maybe four – and, like, it was still, like, a pretty, like, it was still a game at that point, I felt like. And, like, the Grizzlies had a really good shot. And they had, like, back-to-back turnovers. I think Brooks, like, just threw the ball away. And then Morant had, like, a bad pass. Um, and, like, that kind of killed them. Yeah, Morant, Morant did have some bad turnovers. Um, 
like throughout the game really. And uh, well, I was, I mean, it was kind of like both teams were really treating it like, I mean, it makes sense that the Grizz would be treating it like, you know, game seven, but really seemed like the Blazers were too. And I think that's largely because they have, their guys have so many miles on them. Every, like their last pretty much 10 games or nine games, I guess, have just been like balls to the wall. Like we got to win this and um, that can take a toll on you. And now they'll get a break. So I think, I think they're going to play Tuesday, but um so it's not, not having, too long. Yeah, not having to play again tomorrow. tomorrow is a big help, and because both of those games would be similar intensity, whether it was today or tomorrow. But um, yeah, I, I came I came away pretty impressed by the Grizzlies. Honestly, I just thought I thought the Blazers were going to really blow them out of the building, and um, they they fought hard and came back with some. I thought big story in this one was Jaw like not being able to hit the three and they're kind of whoever was guarding him is sort of like sagging off. And I think that's something that he'll need to work on um, in the off season and maybe next season. So it would just get better, but they're, you know, they're, they're the youngest team in the league. Um, and, and they didn't have JJJ. So yeah, they didn't have Jaron Jackson. They probably win if they did. So um, honestly, yeah. Yeah. So just for him, like deal with Nurkic and spread the floor a little bit more. Um, yeah. So it was a, it was a great game, um, successful first plan for the NBA. Um, a team that was not featured was your Phoenix Suns, who, despite going eight and zero in the bubble against some really good competition, um, and Devin Booker and Cameron Payne and eight and all playing probably the best basketball of any of their careers. Um, Arguably, yeah. Yeah, um, they did not make this play-in game. Um, the Grizzlies win over the Nets sealed that. The other night, um, and I, I know I saw a lot of tweets that people wanted to see Phoenix and Memphis playing a playing game, like a play into the playing game, something like that. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of just talking about like somehow tweaking the rules to get the Suns in. I, I wasn't really on board with it. Like even as a Suns fan, I felt like we had our chance. Like it's cool, um, you know. And like I think yeah. the big goals that we had going into the bubble were all kind of accomplished and we got the player development um, and especially like the confidence boost going into next year. Um, you know, I, I think it's better than even, you know, going into a play-in game and then maybe, you know, getting blown out by the Blazers. I don't know what would happen, but you know, like the Blazers were going to be a tough team to beat. And so I think the way that we ended and the note that we ended it on was still really positive. Um, and there's just so like we figured out so many pieces that have just been missing from the team the last few years, um, which gives me at least a lot of hope going forward. Um, and we'll see. There's still a lot of like little things that we got to work out. Um, I know like Rubio's not really the opposite. Yeah, it doesn't really fit in the timeline. Um, <laughs> his championship window. I don't really know if it fits in, but yeah, yeah but uh, for now, like he's a really good option. And, uh, you know, you can see how much like he's kind of helped in terms of like the leadership and how much Monty has come in and kind of just changed the culture like almost overnight. It felt like, um, so it's, it's been good and it was a good run and I uh, can't complain coach of the year uh, and the first team or bubble team, as we mentioned. So happy with it. Um, yeah, I think I think from a a fan perspective, it's kind of hard to argue against like wanting to see the Blazers based on what Lillard has been doing. Um, yeah, especially I against the Lakers team with like the matchup and all the all the ramifications that that has. Um, 
just having them in there, it's, I think, a more fun outcome. But then um, the teams, another team that did not make the playoffs despite being the bubble is the Spurs, whose 22-year whose streak of making the playoffs ended this year. Um, seems like they're on a downward trajectory. They have a few promising young players, such as um, Pirtle and uh, Derek White, Murray um, and White. Um, I mean, Forbes ish, but he's, I yeah, mean, he's got a lot of strides of, to make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aldridge and DeRozan don't really fit the timeline of the team. Although DeRozan did play pretty well in the bubble, um, I, I do think that they're, there's really. Popovich can scheme all he wants, but I don't, I don't think that they're going to have much success in the next couple of years with those two, those two still in the roster. And they're, they're, hard, they're hard pieces to trade because right. both of them are pretty um, not so open to shooting many threes, although Aldridge has improved that in the last couple of years. But, but DeRozan's gotten worse, if anything. I yeah, DeRozan's – yeah. Um, the Rosen's just become like a worse shooter in general, I feel like, and just sort of more yeah. of like a big point guard. But um, then the Pelicans, they fire Alvin Gentry today, which we talked about last week. Um, I don't remember if I was supportive of that, but. Um, I think you were kind of lukewarm on it. Um, I, th- I think you tweeted about it today, like same deal where like he's kind of been scapegoated, but like yeah. a lot of I change think, out some I mean, of the players. I'm, I'm never going to hate on. David Griffin, um, I have a lot of trust in him. I do question the move just because if we're not able to get Kenny Atkinson. I don't know if there's a better option out there that are that's like a big name. Um, yeah, you know, I know of, Jason Kidd good, and like, NBA assistant coaches that would probably be better to hire than Jason Kidd or um, Aaron Liu. If we hire Kidd, I'm going to be really upset, but. Um, Tyron Lue, you can kind of live with. Maybe, yeah, I would, I would be kind of okay with that. Um, yeah. And then the Bulls who fired Jim Boylan um, the other day, who that was a no-brainer, I think, for yeah. all involved. <laughs> it was coming. It was coming was it him or was it Beeline that was, like, talking about, like, the thugs or whatever? Like Beeline said the slugs thing, but then yeah. Boylan came in and made things worse. Boylan, like, Boylan was, like, a hard-ass, right? Or, like – was he the one that was like making them do suicide? No, so, what Beeline was slugs in in Cleveland, so Beeline was different. No, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm I couldn't oh. remember which one of them said it. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, Beeline definitely said the slugs comment, but Boylan had he wanted to like let them fight or something. Like they had some practice like altercation, and he just handled it really poorly. Um, I don't remember the the specifics, but it was not like. I, I don't know. He kind of like just had like a weird boys have at it sort of attitude. I don't know how to describe it, um, but it, it was not. I don't even remember where Boylan came from. Like, no clue. You know, like I don't even. Like, an assistant coach. Yeah. Somewhere. Well, I think the Bulls. They do have that new GM from Denver, who's definitely better than what they had before. That the Gar Packs sort of yeah. making. Um, <laughs> uh, they seem so, to be like. They seem to be on the right track now. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, they're definitely better off than they were a couple of years ago. And, um, the Hoiberg, the Hoiberg years for them were kind of rough with just sort of a injured Rose. Um, but I think that things are looking up for them and you'll see how Levine sort of gets better. Um, if he can make some strides defensively, they have Chris, they also have Chris Dunn, who is basically a zero offensively and 
like one of the best defensive players in the league, which is like complete opposite of Levine. So um, Wendell Carter, they got some pieces. Um, yeah, but I feel like like Markinen went backwards from everything that I heard. Um. um yeah. So he yeah he was he was better this year than he was this year. Um. But they're I mean they're kind of irrelevant as for now. Um. So we can it's talk about that. Yeah. So. The different setup in the bubble, obviously, um, is so the there's no travel, um, and no home court. Yes, and every series now is going to be played every other night, which is actually a big shift for the first and second rounds because I'm pretty sure the first round is like every three, not every like third night or every second night, like depending on how the scheduling works, but. Yeah. Now that well, we have they'll get the rest day for the travel. Yeah. With eliminating that, it's gonna I mean it's gonna help some teams and hinder others. I mean, you would assume it would help the young teams, but um I don't know how yeah. much. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a huge factor. It's it's just worth mentioning that um a lot of these games are gonna feel like pretty like you're like, oh, the Jazz and Nuggets just played Monday. They're playing. They're playing game three's Friday. Like that just sounds like it's going pretty fast. But that's just how it's all yeah. going to be. And um, I mean, it's exciting for us. There's going to be four games every day for the next, I think, like two weeks. So. Oh yeah, it's um, basketball all the time. Yeah, and they start at one thirty. It's perfect for me. So I'll, I'll be watching a ton of it. Um, uh-huh. But the the first series that we're going to discuss here. Um, these Blazers, Lakers, the aforementioned Damian Lillard um, is going up against this juggernaut of Lakers team that has not looked good in the bubble, to be fair. Um, they look bad. Yeah, bad, yeah. Not good is probably an understatement. But yeah. um, so I think that the Nick Nurse kind of laid out a strategy to beat the Lakers um, that I think Portland could be able to follow a little bit, which is – there's three things, or there's two things. So you're, you're doubling Davis because you could put you could put Nurkic on him, but I think I think the the problem that most teams are going to have, um, especially like the Clippers, is going to be Davis. And um, so you're doubling, which I think is not as much of a problem for Portland, if anything. Like yeah. they might be the one team that doesn't need to double Davis as much. Yeah, because they, they do have Nurkic. Yeah. Um. So. You do that, you make LeBron and the role players beat you, and when Dwight gets the ball near the rim, you just foul the shit out of him because he's a terrible free throw shooter. We could see the return of Hackett Dwight later in the playoffs maybe, but I don't, I don't think these factors are going to be big enough, a big deal for Portland. I just think that it's worth mentioning because that's, that's, that's a lot of what the Raptors did to beat them so handily um, a couple weeks ago, which was – a big game. I think any team that's a little bit on the smaller side and has a lot of like really good wings is gonna need to go more towards that. But I, th- I think the Blazers have like a they don't really have wings anymore like that. You know they don't have Harkless, they don't have Amino anymore, right? Yes. So it's like it's a very different look. And that's the problem for them in this series because they they're gonna have to face playoff LeBron, who is a different animal and. I mean, we haven't seen him since 2018. The last time we did, it was one of the most historic runs we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, granted, he was carrying a team that had no business um, being in the conference finals and getting to the finals at all. But um, he's 
you could tell that he's been saving himself. Um, he thinks, I mean, I would assume that he thinks these last next two years of Davis are, are the championship window for him. So I would think so. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about title predictions later, but they will definitely be in the mix. And so, but on the other side, you have Lillard who the Lakers don't really have anyone to defend him. And they lost Avery Bradley. Rondo is not good on defense, despite what the what he did to Lillard in 2018 in the Pelican series. Um, I mean, he had Drew Holiday with him. Yeah, he did. Have, yeah, I think he was probably. Yeah. It, was it was more Holiday than it yeah, was more Holiday, and yeah. Rondo maybe took care of CJ a little bit, but yeah. And I don't think that the Lakers have the personnel to like actually be able to like actively double like Dame up top. Yeah, like, they, I, I don't think. Yeah. I think KCP would probably be like the guy doubling because right. he, he is he is a little bit more lengthy than say like Caruso. Yeah, but I don't think he's like quick enough to because like he Dame just like comes. I don't know if anybody can get there like fast enough. Yeah, get over to yeah because when yeah when Dame crosses half court, I mean he's been seeing these he's been seeing these different pick and roll coverages throughout yeah. the bubble and exploiting them in different ways. We'll see what yeah. the Lakers do. They're actually a decent defensive team, but um, it's mostly because of their, their big guys, not their guards. So Yeah, and that's uh, where it becomes kind of a problem against Portland. <laughs> yes. So you have Damon CJ, you have Gary Trent, still shooting out of his mind. Um, uh, he's everywhere, too, on defense. He's got, yeah, like, he's, his he's, arms don't look that big, but, like, he's everywhere. He, um... He's been one of the most impressive players that we've seen in this restart, for sure. Um, yeah. I think I feel like we talk about him every week, but he's he's just it's worth mentioning because people see him on TV and they're like, "Who the hell is that?" And he hits like five threes in the fourth, and it's like, right. Gary Trent. That's Gary. Back to the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, I don't think the Blazers are going to win this series, but I, I feel like every game is going to be more or less exciting. Um, it's the Blazers team that you really can't count out even when they're down 20 going into the fourth because um, yeah. Dan and TJ can just get hot at any moment. And you have Melo, who's also a factor. Um, LeBron versus Melo, I mean, that's kind of fun by itself. Just yeah, same, same draft class, two of the oldest players in the league. I um, will say that I think, like, on the defensive end, I was going to mention it, um, but, like, I, I think they might end up doubling LeBron more so than they end up doubling Davis. Just because I don't think they have anybody that can really guard LeBron one on one. LeBron's also going to be hunting switches on McCollum, hunting switches on Dame like all the time. I think, um, or at least he should be. Um, so like I think if that happens, like I, you might see a lot of doubling of LeBron and just trying to like, get the ball out of his hands. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. Which I I think it's just going to lead to a lot of shots. But like, do the Lakers now have people that can make those shots? Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, that's kind of what the the Celtics did um, two years or two years ago in the blueprint, right. doing that because they really didn't have anybody who could guard them straight up either. Besides, like Marcus Morris, who wasn't really a great option. But I don't even know who the, the primary defender would be in LeBron for the Blazers. Um, I think they're, I guess, like Carmelo for the start, and then or maybe yeah. Zach Collins. Zach Collins might take it. Zach Collins doesn't start for them right now, does he? They might have to like they might have to start him just to start him like, and take out. Mellow, I guess. I guess. Or, like, well, who do they start at center right now? Just Nurkic, right? So, 
Well, Gary Trent, I think is I think is starting oh. now. So, so maybe they put Trent on him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. Collins, like Collins is the best option, but I think so. Um, and even then, like I think he's a little bit too slow, but like he's I mean, what better. Do you, do? you gotta, I mean, pick right. but um, yeah, we'll see if Dame's heroics continue. He's had 185 points in his last four games. Um, so what does that come out to like 50 a game almost 40 45 yeah. so that it's like 45 ish yeah oh my god so, decent production i would say not bad uh, not bad what it's not bad <laughs> yeah i mean the the dallas game was insane when the ball the ball he he called it he, he said i was going to drop he was like at the pool earlier in the bubble he was like i'm gonna drop 60 and then he did he had tied his career high with 61 um He's the second player in NBA history to have three 60-point games in a single season. Can you guess the other player? Will. That's Will. Your guess. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I saw that stat. <laughs> okay. And that one um, – well, I think uh, Harden was up there too, right? Probably. Maybe not this year, but whatever. Maybe last year because he had that, like, crazy January stretch or something. I mean, he probably had two. I feel like for him, it's more of like like fifty point triple doubles. Yeah, his game is just like scoring. That, that was his thing. Yeah. Um. So the I think the 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 reason why I'm bringing up this Mavs game is the the pick and roll coverages that I was talking about earlier. Uh, they kept doing the drop the drop coverage, which is basically you're just the the guy who's getting the screen set on him. The big man usually is just dropping back to sort of contain the drive. And if you give a three-point shot to Dame, he's going to hit it. And that's what they were doing. And he has more points against that coverage than any other player in the league. And the Mavs kept doing it, kept doing it. And then it kind of doomed them into this uh, matchup with the Clippers that we can talk about later. But um, Well, the problem is that the Mavs didn't really have anybody that could step up, though. Because, like, yeah. you're not going to ask, and then who, Kleber? It's probably Cleaver. I feel like Cleaver could do a decent job. He's good on defense. Um, but that, that, that drop coverage is what the Blazers did to Steph in game one of the Western Conference Finals last year, and they got blown out in that game. Um, and then the Nets did the opposite because they learned from that Mavs game, and they were actually able to, like, really stay close um, with Portland and almost won the game and yeah. took some heroics again from Dame to win that one. And um, – but again, like they had, like they had Levert, they have Jared. They did have, they did have some more athletic people to yeah. deal with him, and they were making some crazy shots too, like Joe Harris. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dude, anyway, Tyler another, Johnson just kind of flicked it up there, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bear, all of that. Yeah. Tyler Johnson too. Um, so the next series we want to discuss um, is Thunder Rockets. This is probably the most intriguing one to most people. I would agree with that. We just hit the Blazers first because we were talking about their game today. Um, so this Mike Muscala hit a game-winning three that locked this in, I think, on uh, Thursday night or Wednesday night. Yeah, and I think so. The story in this one is uh, Westbrook is going to miss the start of the series or the entire series. Nobody really knows. Um, it could be it could be three games. It could be four games. It could be six what games. What was his injury? It's a quad. Strange quad. It's the same injury Kawhi had when he missed all, all of uh, 2018. 
So it's That's big. Not a good luck. Quad injury, like quad injuries, like knee injuries, any like lower bodies, like not, yeah, you know, like no joke. It's like pretty, especially like, for like a guy like Westbrook. That's not good. A guy like Westbrook who relies so heavily on his athleticism, of yeah. like, other than like, you know, the shot making that he occasionally has, but a lot of their offense is just him like getting getting an isolation possession and just sort of attacking whoever his defender is and there's no yeah. no one's going to come help because they've got shooters on the floor so if you lose that what you're going to have is Harden getting doubled constantly, constantly. all uh, the time all the time and it's going to come to, I mean for Houston it's going to come down to can the other guys hit shots it can which they can though that's Eric the problem Covington. yes they can Jeff Green yeah. Um, Rivers, all those guys, can they consistently make enough threes to erase whatever defense uh, the Thunder are going to play? But um, I think a good reason why this series is so intriguing is because just all the contrast in styles is pretty much the best you can ask for, besides like maybe if Houston was playing Philly or something. But you're getting big versus small. Um, This OKC team plays big. They have uh, Adams and Gallinari and um, I mean, well, even SGA, even their guards are kind of big. Yeah, SGA is a big guard for sure. Paul's yeah. uh, pretty much the only exception. I would yeah, say. But he's a really good defender. So. Yes, yeah, but he's a really good defender, so it makes up yeah. for it. Um, right. I think if OKC is unable to have success um, going big against Houston's small ball lineup, we could see some Gallinari playing center um, with the three-point guard. So that's Schroeder, Chris Paul, and SGA. And then, like, Lou Dort for playing defense on Harden or maybe Roberson. Um, yeah, they have a lot. Of, they have a they have a good amount of options to throw at Harden, honest, obviously. And, oh yeah. Um, I think this is. I, I mean, I, I considered betting OKC on this series when it was like plus two sixty, and now it's down to like plus one fifty. So I don't think I'm gonna do uh, it anymore. But um, if Westbrook was out for the entire season or for the entire uh, series for sure, then yeah. I'll and that's the thing you just don't know. You got an OKC team who takes a lot of mid-ranges. You got Houston who basically takes none. Fast versus small. Houston's super fast-paced. OKC likes to slow it down. Let's let Chris Paul work and find the best shot. OKC never fouls. Harden draws more fouls than any other player in the league by far. And then um, OKC never turns it over. And then Houston's defense is built on forcing turnovers. So you've got all these factors that are going to swing. pretty unpredictable series honestly it's probably the most um volatile of the first round i would say um and you can just imagine the chris paul antics that are going to happen in this one <laughs> so many refs harder than the refs oh, <laughs> <gonna> be- <laughs> there's gonna be so many shots and just chris paul on one side referee in the middle and harden on the other side, harden the other side. So especially if, especially if chris paul has some time just defending harden yeah oh yeah I mean, oh that's, that's just going to be like the the replay is going to be three hours long. Poor like Scott Foster like hobbling over to the to to call into like a Secaucus or wherever the fuck the NBA office is, um, looking at yeah. this like to see if if CPT really oh. did grab Harden's wrist and pull it down. Exactly. Um, I mean, the thing for CP3 is he might not be that effective offensively in this series because there's going to be no big man for him to sort of like torture in the pick and roll. I mean, there's yeah. no like Gobert or like, um, Harold. Yeah. 
some of these other guys in the West that he just sort of he just sort of like stares down and like shoots his quick little mid range over. Um, so yeah. he's gonna have to sort of get inside and maybe hit some more hit more outside shots that he's accustomed to. Um, I think the only um, the main worry I have with OKC is is how big can they go against this team? Because I think that if they especially if they want to try and double Harden everywhere. I don't know if you can keep Steven Adams on the floor for too long. Um, I think you just get run off. Um, yeah. And I, it just becomes like a weird, like matchup nightmare. Um, if they do try and go too big, like early in the, early in the series, I think they're just going to have to like, all right, like Adams doesn't play too much, like Gallinari at center and just kind of like figure things out from there, which probably isn't super ideal for them, but like, I, I think they can make it. So, I think the S, the X factor for this one is probably Schroeder and uh, SGA, seeing how they can perform. Schroeder's Schroeder's really um, underrated, um, yeah. In general, and I think he's going to be able to score in this series a little bit and play some good defense on Harden and some of those OKC. I mean, Harden and some of those Houston uh, Houston wings. Um, I think I think Gordon, if he can sort of like revert back to some of his earlier years where he's actually creating off the dribble. I think that will actually help Houston a lot. And if he could sort of, if Westbrook is out for longer than he's expected to be, like let's say like the first five games instead of the first two, if he can sort of step into that, um, like that short role that Westbrook was doing with Harden and like make some passes out of that, I think that could be really helpful for Houston's offense. So I think another X factor for Houston might be Austin Rivers and how well he plays. Yes, because he, he's been – I mean, he's super up and down. He had, he had that 41-point game against yeah. the Kings, and um, he can get hot. And he, he's also someone like, like Gordon who's not just – doesn't have to just be like a catch-and-shoot three guy, whereas right. like Covington, Tucker, and, you know, Daniel House are like strictly like three. Yeah, and, you don't want them dribbling like, too they much. Don't, yeah. They don't want to take dribbles if they can avoid it. Um, yeah. So – We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see how Tucker can hold up against some of those OKC bigs. Um, he's had success in the past against taller players. It's no secret. Um, one of my favorite guys in the league. But what, what what's your prediction on this series? We should probably do Lakers Blazers too because we didn't do that. Right. Um, for for the Lakers Blazers series, I think it is going to be the Lakers. Um, it might take them six. I'll say six. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go um, Lakers in five for that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I was debating five or six. Uh, but I don't think it's going to go seven. I'd be very surprised. Um, I don't think the Lakers are going to play that bad. Um, and OKC Houston, if Westbrook comes back, I think the Rockets probably win this in six, depending on when he comes back. Um, if he doesn't, uh, I, I still think the Rockets, but it might get pushed to seven. I'm going to be a little more cautious, and I'm going I'm to say he's, he misses like four games and that OKC wins in six. And Ooh. I, th- I think their defense is going to really cause problems for Houston. Really problems. Um, because I think I think Brooks is like becoming an under, uh, uh, Donovan. What's his name? Yeah, yeah Donovan. 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 Brooks, Brooks is bad. <laughs> Donovan's bad. <laughs> yeah. Donovan's. I feel like Donovan has some stuff up his sleeve they can pull out. And, um, Possible. I mean, my I, roommate's an OKC fan, and he absolutely hates Donovan. So. I mean, he's <laughs> kind of like a tortured sports city now, and I just think that's going to continue. I mean, if yeah. other than like baseball. Like the Texans, so, I mean, even that Texans was like are a, blowing games. 
I mean, baseball, they had to cheat to win. So, like, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not like I, mean, I can just totally see a scenario where all, like, the Thunder fans are, like, clowning the Houston fans because Westbrook, like, left and then, you know. Oh, yeah. And then they still lost. And then they won, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, and then OKC okay, won. That storyline becoming a big deal. Okay. Oh, yeah. Next series, we have Nuggets Jazz. Um, for the Jazz, it's – I mean, they tanked they tanked in the bubble to avoid this matchup. They didn't want to play Houston. I didn't want to see them play Houston because we've seen it last two years, and everyone knows the outcome of that. Gobert's going to get played off the floor. It's just not fun. I mean, so they wanted the Nuggets. Um, and this is also pretty – I mean, you could probably find a difference of opinions on this one. I would, I would assume we both like the Nuggets in. I, I like the Nuggets in five. Yeah. Oh, okay. So quicker than me. I was going to say seven, yeah. but okay. We can talk about why. Um, the the difference between the benches of these two teams is massive. Yeah. The Jazz really don't have anybody, but. Yeah. I also think that the Nuggets don't have great options for Mitchell. Um, yes and no. I think that, like, with the amount of bigs they have, like, they can kind of, like, I, I don't know how scared they are of letting him shoot from three. So I think they can kind of sag off him a little bit more. Um, and I think they can kind of just let him shoot himself out of the game uh, more than anything, which is why I'm not so much worried about Mitchell. Um, I, I'm not really super high on him anyway, so maybe I'm like downplaying how well he's going to shoot. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I just don't see him like being able to attack yeah. as well as he would want to. I so interesting matchup here is um, Gobert versus uh, Jokic. Obviously, um, I do think Jokic will probably get the better of him, but I think that's going to be a fun one to see. Um, yeah, and. Another factor is Jamal Murray, who was pretty he, – he, sort, he was better in the uh, Portland series last year, but in the Spurs series, he was super up and down. And I think that's trend, the trend is going to continue for him um, for a little while until he, you know, either matures a little bit or gets better and more steady. But he's pretty, he's pretty trick-or-treat. And um, I can just see that – I could just see him, like, totally collapsing in, like, a game four and Utah being able to tie the series or something like that. Um, then my, my stat nugget for this, for this Nuggets series is that um, the Nuggets defense has been 29th in the league since the trade deadline. Oh. And Utah and is able to hunt corner threes very well. Okay. Which I yeah. see being a problem because a lot of – I mean, a lot of NBA offense comes from corner threes. Um, and with Ingles and, I mean, they don't have Bogdanovich like – or like Donovan and Conley, like whipping passes to the corner to some of their shooters. Um, I think that could be sort of scary for the Nuggets. Um, I also think that that Utah can put Royce O'Neal on Murray and have that Probably. have that have him like actually do a pretty good job because I think I mean he's guarded like Harden in the past. Yeah. He pretty much he's pretty much guarding like his role on this team is like three and D's guarding whoever the best offensive player is in the other team. But I think the problem is that, like, I don't know how much the Nuggets are really going to play through Murray. That's true. Yeah. So I, I, We'll see if skinny Jokic can sort of, like, exploit Gobert and, like, have him be drawing away from the basket and just having, like, cutters everywhere and sort of 
I mean, I still, I still think the Nuggets are going to win. I just don't think it's going to be like a gentleman's sweep or anything. I could, I actually think Nuggets in seven is probably um, the most likely outcome, or maybe six. But um, neither of these teams are really ready for title contention just yet. Um, I wouldn't bet on any of them, especially the Nuggets are sort of like the, the Jazz I don't think are ever going to be in contention with this group, but Not this group. I think the Nuggets, like they could be, and it's probably two or three years away because you still got the Clippers. Well, it depends on the development of a lot of their young guys too, right? Like Michael Porter Jr. could be the guy. That's true. We didn't even talk about him. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he, he's definitely an X factor in this series too, and we'll right. see if it allows anyone to guard him because he's been pretty good in the bubble. Um, yeah, if he can, if he can sort of become like a – poor man's KD. Um, that changes the series completely. That changes their franchise. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that's huge for them. Um, and Bull Bull is also going to be playing in this series. So I, yeah. I, I suggest you watch this one because it's going to be fun. So next we have the, the Dave Dufour Memorial Clippers Mavericks series. Uh, we had a conversation with him on Twitter last night. We're going to try to get him on the pod. So if he's listening, shout out to him. I don't even know if, it, if I said his last name right, but that sounds about um, right. The reason we're calling we're calling this series uh, after him is because he he predicted I think like two or three weeks back that the Mavericks are going to be the Clippers in the first round. He's since changed his mind, but I was I was pretty struck by that because I think the Clippers are winning the title and I have pretty much all year. Um, yeah, and. I think that Luka is really going to struggle in this series. Um, the Clippers have a lot of dudes to throw at him. Um, Dude, Luka struggled against Mikael Bridges, so like I don't fancy him going up against these Clippers guard or Clippers uh, wings. I mean, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, really, you got George, you got Kawhi. <laughs> they have so many options. It's crazy. Um, it's just not I a matchup, and I I, I don't it's not at all. The Dallas could not get out of the seventh seed, and I mean, if I was them, I'd much rather play the Nuggets. But that oh, was yeah. like offensive, like you know, explosion for both. Um, well, the Clippers also have the second best offense in the league. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I worry for the for the Mavs. Like people are still underrating Clippers. I don't I don't know why. Like they're not. They're, I, I don't understand why they're not. Like the top two title favorite. Yeah, like they are easily at worst the second best team in the league right now. Yeah, I yeah, I can um, see, I still see arguments for the Bucks, but otherwise, like. Yeah, and like maybe some people still are high on the Lakers, but like after they're showing in the bubble, yeah, like, I think a lot of people are trying out that. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. <laughs> I, I think like, the Clippers. I'm so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, the Clippers of all those teams, like, of all the top teams, I would say they're probably the most, like, upset proof. Yes. They're probably also the most team that's built for the playoffs. I mean. Yeah. Like, you talk about. P. jokes you want, but you have Kawhi, who still has the, the, you know, the throne from last year, so. Um, And, like, it doesn't matter if Paul George has three bad games out of, like, six now. Because he's got so many other people that can like cover for him, right? The problem was that yeah, like if, if Paul George was bad, like Westbrook was also bad, and like it just created a bad like situation for the team. Now that's not the case. Like you want options, like Clippers have so many options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they sh- they could be a little worried about Porzingis, um, but Carol, 
think Harrell will do a decent job, and probably, I wouldn't I wouldn't stick Zubac on him, but uh, no. yeah, <laughs> don't play Zubac very much. Zubac at all. Really, they're just saving him for that Lakers series where he's just yeah, honestly Javale and Dwight just fouling the shit out of each other. Um, so I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Clippers in five here. Um, yeah, Clippers in five I think is fair. Honestly, it could be four. Because, like, no home court for Dallas. I, I So our audio actually got cut off there by Zoom. Um, the next series that we were going to do was Celtics-Sixers. Uh, both Aro and I picked the, the Celtics in um, four or five. Uh, we don't think that's going to be very close with the Ben Simmons injury. And then we decided not to talk about the uh, Nets and um, Raptors series and the Bucks and Magic series because we expect the Bucks and Raptors to roll. But um, yeah, exciting playoffs, and we'll see if we can get the Zoom issue figured out.